welcome to episode 90 of Running Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hadfield, and today I've had the pleasure of uh, sitting down and having a couple of Sydney brewery lagers with James Constantine. And James is the Marketing, Communications and Strategy Man- Manager at Athletics New South Wales, and he's one of the more passionate uh, people about running that you are ever going to meet. Um, his enthusiasm just oozes off him. He's an extremely knowledgeable guy. We chat about the direction that running and athletics is taking in New South Wales and Australia, uh, how to make our running stars into household names, and uh, we, we talk about our best chances at the Tokyo Games and, and the, the amazing achievements that people have already put together as far as our uh, distance runners particularly, and we, we chat about what, uh, what their hopes are in Tokyo for this year. Uh, we'd like to thank our podcast partners, Goo Energy, Fractal Performance Headwear, Sydney Brewery, Guymere Allied Health Centre, Base Camp Altitude, Precision Hydration, Ranulla and Raid Light. And special thanks to Maximum Adventure uh, for partnering up with the podcast and putting a discount together for the Rafferty's Coastal Run, which is on the 3rd of July, just a couple of weeks away now. Uh, there's a 12, a 22 and a 36k option. And for a bit of a discount on your entry, if you pop in the, the code RMPOD21, uh, you'll receive a bit of cash off your entry fee for Rafferty's Coastal Run. Come and join us up there on beautiful Lake Macquarie in New South Wales and uh, have a trot and potentially be with us afterwards. Anyway, without further ado, we'll uh, sit down with James and enjoy the chat and those beers. Okay, welcome to the show, James Constantine. How are you, mate? Oh, mate, I'm fantastic. Beautiful day here in Olympic Park, God's country, so... <laughs> oh, mate, usually I'm referring to the sunny Sutherland Shire as God's country, but there we go. So was... is our CEO, Kieran. She's from she's from Shire as well, so... Oh, um, right. Yeah, she's... Uh, you yeah. stir up about that a little bit. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, honestly, Olympic Park here, it's amazing. Beautiful sunny day, getting a bit inspired for the upcoming games, mate. Are you excited? Absolutely, mate. I think Tokyo is one of those um, events where I think it's going to be divisive. It's it's divisive for the Japanese population. It's divisive for the Australian population. Um, We as a sport, obviously, would love to see it go ahead safely. Um, And, you know, the athletes, it was was devastating for it to be postponed last year. But I think um, all things considered, I see the Olympics as bringing the world together. And I think that's probably what the world needs at the moment. Mm. Um, obviously done in a safe way. So I'm personally really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and confident that they are putting the right measures in place by the looks of things? I mean, from, from all accounts, um, from what's coming out from the Australian Olympic Committee um, through the media, uh, we, we've got our own David Tarbotton who actually works for uh, the Australian Olympic Committee as well. He's doing, you know, not just athletics, but about 20 different sports he's covering at the moment. Yeah. Um, he's pretty confident that all measures are in place and you imagine that an event of that scale they would be taking every single necessary precaution to make sure it's going ahead safely so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the Japanese will do it very well yeah fastidious bunch absolutely generally speaking of course we, we tend to ask our, uh, our interviewees the genesis of running so when did you become passionate about running personally I've, I've got a slightly different story. Most people will ask me, oh, did you go through Little A's or who was your club? And I sort of got into running in uni. Um, I, I would refuse to run more than one lap at Athletes Carnivals back in school. I was a, a jumper and a sprinter and I loved my basketball and cricket um, and my team sports in general. Then 
I was playing uh, youth league basketball in uni and I was drinking too much on pretty much every night of the week. Um, and my coach was saying, you've, you've got great speed, but I can only play you for five minutes on the court at any one time. Can you do some aerobic training outside of training? So I said, yeah, absolutely. So I started trying to run around the block, found it really tough, um, managed to to build up my endurance very, very slowly, um, but I was never, ever an endurance athlete per se. Um, but I started to really enjoy it. And then I found out something called Parkrun, uh, which was pretty small back then. But I remember going to St. Peter's, I think in about 2014, and did my first 5K there. Um, did see the Surf. And then, yeah, I was hooked after that. I think Cedar Surf is one of the best days on the rain calendar in the world. Mm. Um, and yeah, and then I joined the Athletics East. That was my first athletics club in, I think, it started 2015. Okay. Um, went through. Uh, and just developed my running to the point where uh, I started to do half marathons and marathons and sort of took that usual journey that so many other runners or recreational runners take and, and uh, yeah, now I'm fully entrenched You're in the sport. You're immersed, <laughs> well, well, and, well and truly hooked. Um, and, and so obviously you showed some affinity for distance running initially. I mean, you're 16.05, I think, 5K PB, yeah, something like that. Yeah, COVID PB. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. questionable. It all counts. It all counts. Just ask, ask Matt, the Wolfman, my co-host. Yeah. Does COVID marathon still stand? <laughs> Do we, uh, who, who needs a... Um, who needs a measuring wheel or a calibrated bike when you've got your own garments? So. I totally agree. <laughs> the GPS gods will uh, reign supreme. <laughs> what about uh, in terms of ad- administration within sport? Where, yep. where, where did that begin for you? So um, whilst I was starting to run, I was finishing off my degree in psychology at Sydney University. Um, so I graduated from there and didn't have a whole lot of luck trying to find some, some um, uh, I guess, opportunities for, for jobs outside of that. So I sort of had a bit of a, a stall in, in my studying and working life and thought what I actually wanted to do. Um, so I ended up making a decision to go to Australian College of Physical, Physical Education, yep. ACP, which just is here. just down the road. Yeah. Um, so I was an online student for a year. Um, and then through there, they um, suggested, oh, you, you know, you really like your athletics and your rain. Why don't you try for the internship at ANSW that yep. um, they were doing at the moment? So that was in middle of 2016. Um, and... I got an internship there and then started um, doing some photo finish and administration stuff at school carnivals, okay. which is a, a big part of our business. Not many people know that, but we do a lot of school carnivals, about mm-hmm. 200 a year. Um, so that's sort of where I got into it. And uh, a few months later, I interviewed for a job to the officials and volunteers coordinator mm-hmm. at ANSW. And for some reason, they hired me. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's many reasons. So, many reasons. That was and th- and that was great. Like to, to my, my first year with the business was working with the volunteers and officials, and um, you know it. It's I, I never had that appreciation of how many people are actually involved in the sport who don't get paid mm-hmm. before that, um, and then going through that first twelve months before I went to the competitions department. It was. So the, the stories and the characters and the, and the faces and the smiles coming out of that community is just phenomenal. Um, mm. The amount of time they put into our sport and actually make what we do as paid staff possible, it, we, we, we simply couldn't live without them. So that was awesome. Yeah, we're lucky to have so many passionate and I guess driven people that are willing to give up their time. It's always been the case in lots of amateur sport, I suppose. But yeah, I, I suppose in athletics, we're lucky to have them at that top end of the, the field as well. Absolutely. Um, and so the degree in psych, 
Do you think you know that degree's armed you well to deal with the competing interests and personalities within athletics? It's <laughs> a great question. Um, yes, I think it has. I think there's our sport is so funny. We're we're so much smaller than other sports with you know mass media and money and athletes that are household names although that's starting to change very slowly yeah, which is we'll great talk thing. about that shortly <laughs> yeah. um i it, it, it's almost like grassroots politics mm-hmm. within running I, I i have a slightly greater affinity to recreational running that's just because that's um sort of how i came into the sport but even in you know traditional clubs as well mm-hmm. but I think at the end of the day, we're all doing something that we love. And once you put differences and personalities aside, which can be challenging at times, but once you do that, you understand that you're doing the same thing and you love it equally as much as the next person next to you running or administering or volunteering or race directing or whatever it might be. And once you can see past that, it's very, very easy to get along with pretty much everyone. Mm. Um, And that takes time to do. sometimes you have to check yourself and i've had to do this many times in saying actually this person might have a valid point or this person is coming from this angle because they've had this experience or they've come from this background wherever it might be Mm -hmm. and having that understanding and and being able to listen to that perspective and not judging too quickly i think can get you pretty far not just athletics but a few different facets in life yeah of course good, good advice for life not being immediately oppositional I'm sure makes a difference so yeah, so yeah using the psychology mind tricks to good effect <laughs> very impressive uh, early days running for you were you inspired by anyone particular as far as other runners within Australia across the globe I loved Gebra Selassie highly Gebra Selassie he was my first hero um, I was seven when the Sydney Olympics happened um, so I don't remember the 10,000 metre final but I do remember watching that after watching him um, break the world record in Berlin and I think that was in 2008 or 2009 something around there and I didn't really I don't think at that point I knew how far a marathon was but I started to look into it a little bit more and then I started following um, athletes a little bit and watched London remembered um, Rudisha's 800 metre um, just one of the greatest runs I've ever seen in my entire life on TV. Um, watching, you know, Almaz Ayana in the Rio 10,000 metre final um, just obliterate the world record now. Whether that was going or not, don't know about that. But, <laughs> but then starting to see these sort of performances and, and seeing not only the athletes themselves, but learning about the stories um, behind them. Like Sifan Hassan is just breaking the 10,000 metre world record. She went back. Um, after she broke the 5,000 metre world record last year into basically civil war mm. in a country and thinking about how you can train for a world record whilst you come home and you don't have any electricity in your own home. So learning about the athletes and the stories hooked me forever to the sport um, at an international level and then starting to learn about our domestic athletes thanks to you know podcasts and, and media outlets like yourself, Inside Running Podcast, Runner's Tribe, Tempo Journal, all those you know publications that we know and love and, and Run Creature with Miles Goff recently, um, that telling those stories is just so incredibly important to give these the athletes that put their whole lives into the sport um, a, a, a story not a story behind the time not mm. just the time itself because that's the way you can actually follow the sport if, is if you actually know 
the athletes themselves. So um, once I start to get into that and then working at ANSW really helped me do that. Of course, seeing all the athletes week to week throughout summer and winter, um, you just almost become mates with people who are literally going to Tokyo in a few weeks time. So yeah, yeah. it's just, it's been an amazing journey. That's fascinating. And certainly giving them much more of a voice the you know, the ease with which you can, you know, do a podcast. Like we're just here at the pub, having a beer, having a chat, and it's going to be listened to by, you know, thousands of people. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> but um, yeah, I might switch off after twenty minutes. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I would talk about uh, the the Delta Running Project. So mm. I believe you're, you know, racing and training with these guys. Where did this all start up? It was started out by Jerome, so Jerome, Jerome Dupuis is the, the, uh, the founder and the, the, the sort of the head coach you'd say, um, but it's it's a little different to every, or a, a lot of other squads I'd say. Um, it's very not-for-profit, there's no sort of commercial um, backing behind it, it's just basically, it's, it started out as three or four guys just who wanted to take the next step in their running in terms of performance, um, but for one reason or another couldn't find the the best outlet for them to do that so he sort of said right well I'm going to make this um, you know sort of I want to run with my mates but I want to be niche and in his words sharp Um, (laughs) so great combo (laughs) and he's all credit to him he's done a great job Mm -hmm. Um, so you know they're getting 25-30 now to Gore Hill on um, I think it's Tuesdays and Fridays they train there Um, it's on the North Shore so I don't actually train with them per se I'm sort of online um, (laughs) run run it with them but um, what he's created is and, and, and what you're starting to see across the board and other groups as well is people who will never be elite athletes they'll never make a living they, they may not make a dime from the sport but they want to be as good as they possibly can in the sport and that drive that and the, the, the drive that they have is what the group provides us as an outlet which is basically the sub elite training group in order to prepare them for PBs every time they run, ideally. Um, so, you know, you've got ladies running high 70s for half marathons, you've got guys trying to break 70 minutes for half marathons, you know, no one's making it an Australian team. But again, it doesn't matter because you're just enjoying it and you're trying to perform at the same time. That's who they are. Now, that's a little bit different to say another group I run with called Nick's Run Club, who are very social, Monday nights. Um, great bunch of guys and girls and they're out doing you know five six k on monday night and then we'll do some you know track sessions on wednesdays and that's great and i believe and you know i hope most people agree that all these groups can coexist because they all stand for different things the runners are there for different reasons but at the end of the day we're all doing the same thing just at a slightly different pace yeah and i do love that 90 percent of runners are athletes probably span across two or three different groups and they're quite happy to intermingle and, and, and mix those things together depending on what they need at the time. And you've got to have your beer drinking club and you've got to exactly. have your elite, sub-elite, I love that word, sub-elite training group, it's <laughs> fantastic. Um, brings me to my first listener question, it's coming from a celebrity actually, Benny Saint. <laughs> so obviously the naming of the Delta Running Project was an admission that Run Crew are clearly the alpha dogs. <laughs> Do you think you should have strived for beta or at least gamma status when naming the group? <laughs> oh, God. I remember... Um, I'll, I'll answer this question shortly. I remember Albie, Albie Thomas 
Um, for those who don't know, I'll be Thomas as a meet held um, a few days before Christmas every year at the Crest. And um, Benny Saint had a, who will enjoy me saying this, yeah, very, very brief stint working for us in a role which he thought I think was something different to what the, it actually was. Um, I won't go into detail about that, but I think during his brief stint, he actually interviewed me at the LB Thomas um, in 2016. I think I won like the E-mile or some, you know, something. <laughs> and um, he came up to me, he said, hey mate, how are you going? Uh, are you happy to break five minutes from the mile? And I think the that was the only question he asked. And I think the only answer I said was, yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> brutal. Away, brutal. So. <laughs> I'm glad that five years later, Benny's asking me another question. Um, so, look, I think... I actually don't know where the name came from. Um, put this way. You put the top four guys from Run Crew on the start line against anyone in New South Wales at the moment, and then the top four at Sydney 10. So, mm. I think in terms of performance standpoint... Benny, you probably got us covered. <laughs> but I'd like to see them on start line for a beer mile. So uh, let's throw down the challenge. Mate, we're, uh, I think Nick's Run Club and a few other groups might be very keen to see Benny with a couple of schooners in hand. Yeah. And we'll see how good he is on the other side of the track. Mate, funny you should mention it. Running Matters is putting on a beer mile later oh, in the year. So we uh, yeah, we'll keep, keep you in mind. I'd love to see the clash. Now, speaking of those top four guys, actually, rumours are that you're quite close to luring Tom DeCano over to the Delta side. Can you confirm or deny this? Tommy is, he's part of the WhatsApp, and I, I love Tom. He's such such a nice bloke. Tom's part of the WhatsApp. Um, I don't see him coming across anytime soon. I think what Run Crew do very well is they they know who their top athletes are, and they're, they're good at putting them on pedestals, and so they should. I mean, we... that. ANSW's job is to put our best runners on pedestals whenever we can um, and that goes to distance runners is the same as um, you know discus throwers like Dane Stevens so that our job is to do that mm. and I think part of their remit is to do that as well so they're doing that very well mm. um, in terms of athletes moving to different groups and squads and clubs what I will say is We're, it all always comes back to very few of us are actually in the sport making money. Who you run for doesn't really matter as long as you're enjoying yourself and you're doing it with people that you like being around. Completely agree. Completely agree. What's, uh, I guess, the stance that uh, Athletics New South Wales sees for the future in light of incorporating these running groups on the same level as traditional community athletics clubs? Where do they stand together? That's a very, very good question. We're sort of talking about that um, at the moment. It's been, it's been a long discussion because it's it's a complex situation. Um, every group is different and every group is run differently. Traditional clubs, um, say like Randwick Botany, have been around for a hundred years. Um, they have committee structures, governance structures, they have um, presidents, secretaries, registrars, they, they run by the book, so to say. And then you've got the new kids on the block, which are Delta, they're Nick, they're Run Crew. And again, those three are different in how they deliver the sport within the group, um, how they're run, and I guess what, what people get out of it. What I will say is that we want 
everyone as part of the family, however we can fit them in. And we're doing the very best at the moment from a constitutional level at Athletics in New South Wales and with the board and our members in mind to make sure that we can fit everyone in um, as best we can. Now, that's not to say that we're going to let every man and his dog affiliate as Athletics New South Wales traditional club, absolutely not. Um, and to be very open and honest, um, it's something that we probably haven't been the best in, in doing in years past. Um, because we need to make sure that the integrity of our sport is maintained with everything that we do, and, and that's club affiliation, as well as running high-quality events on uh, for, for recreational and, and elite runners and everyone in between. Yep. Um, but we want we want everyone to enjoy what we do, and we just need to find out the best way into how they fit into the family. So we're not far away from being able to tell everyone exactly how that's going to work and I think at the end of the day once people understand um, the parameters that we have and they're fair <laughs> yeah. that um, everyone can basically say yep yeah, right they're the boxes that we need to tick and once we do that we can enjoy um, every other event just like those athletes that we see in club uniforms at the moment. Okay so just a series of hoops that a club might need to jump through to, to join the Athletics New South Wales family there. That's exactly right and yeah. and what we don't want to do is sabotage any group that, that's currently with us. Um, we want to make sure that like I said the integrity of the sport is maintained uh, that the traditional clubs stay because they have decades of history behind them and very very good volunteers behind these clubs as well as I mentioned before you know the vast majority actually know all traditional clubs are run by volunteers that's just how the sport works and 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 that's how sport in Australia works so you got to remember that you're talking to people who give up their time and give up many many hours in their lives to make sure that their club stays functioning and works mm. um, and they they really do care otherwise they wouldn't do it so um, that 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 is an absolute utmost priority for us to, to maintain that those traditional values and traditional clubs and understand that there is a growing market who are forming groups and squads and clubs all across New South Wales and we need to fit them in somehow because that is our new market and I'm very well aware of that I say that in the office every single day oh you're part of it and and, and I'm a part of it I, I, I run in two different groups and that, that's just what I do. That's how I enjoy the sport. It's just like you know, tens of thousands across New South Wales are doing it as well. So, um, well, we'll say there's 1.3 million people who walk or run New South Wales. There's two and a half thousand of them that are traditional members of Athletics in New Is South right? Wales. So, what are we doing with the other 1.29 million? Yeah, that's that's what we need to figure out, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that's what we're trying to achieve. Okay. Well, I mean, certainly got your work cut out for you, but that's a, <laughs> that is a uh, you know a nice cherry to be picking. That's Ooh. fantastic. Right, now, a, a blurrily look up at you as a poster child of the wears glasses whilst running club. <laughs> as a newbie of the group, have you got any tips for my bespectacled running journey? Contact lenses. <laughs> yeah, jeez, I do hate them. <laughs> con, con, contacts um, are for race day. Yeah. Glasses for every everything else. You wear, um, wear them for training all the time. Wear them for training, yeah. So I, um, I'll I'll do sessions and everything in in glasses, no issues. When it rains, it sucks. Mm. Uh, when it's a hot day and you sweat, it, it sucks because you can't really see. Um, but yeah, usually contacts for race day. Um, I think that it it's just too much of a hassle. Too much can go wrong. Oh, I, I I played footy with them when I was a junior, so I'm used to wearing dailies. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, look, glasses running cool. Um, glasses are cool. More and more people are wearing them. Our eyesight's getting worse as a population. So, 
Glasses and running, absolutely cool. Just as cool as beers and running. Mate, we're going to have to have a selfie at the end of this. <laughs> wearing the specs, feeling very intelligent indeed. Mate, uh, I've got a, another listener question coming from Matt Whitbread. Oh, and, and, oh. Matt, and Matt asks, what's it like to be the second best athletics race caller in New South Wales? Honestly. Um, well, put it this way, I don't treat people like horses. So... Um, Matt's Matt's been really fun to to because I, I I didn't know Matt before I started working here and um, and the, the race commentary um, you know partnership and the friendship we've built over the last few years has been awesome. Um, I think that he he's taught me a lot. Don't get me wrong, he's taught me a lot. And I, I love my commentary. I love my race calling. Um, you know, he said to me one day I'll get the last lap of the Albie Thomas Mile. It just won't be the men's race. <laughs> so I said thanks, Matt. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, look, I think uh, to, to, to answer the question, I can't because it's a statement, and that's very Matt Whitbread to make a statement <laughs> rather than a question. Um, but I, I do love it, and, um, you yeah, know, we're, we're actually uh, going back to the track, was it Tuesday, a couple of days' time for a winter miles meet, so I'm really looking forward to getting back in the box. Thursday night. Thursday Bankstown. night, Bankstown. And yeah. there's, there's some big names as well. Uh, Peter Ball, uh, Eloise and Jean in the 5K. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got Peter Ball in the 800, Griffith and, Georgia Griffith in the 1500. Yeah. I think Morgan Mitchell's running an 8 as well. So there's oh, wow. some big, big names, um, okay. which would be great. So, yeah, it'd be great to jump back in the box. Um, like I said, very whip red to say a statement rather than a question. Um, <laughs> What's, I, uh, yeah. you, you also wants to know, as, as a question, What's uh, your favourite race that you've called personally? It's a great question. I think the, the one of the ones that sticks out from memory is the Josh Tawley versus Joe Burgess 5000 meter final from um, a few years ago. It was the state 5k final and um, it was the first one that I did actually get the last 200 meters of the race and the reason why is because I shouted over the top of him so um, I remember uh, Joey took off at about 200 meters to go and then Josh Tawley I think it was like 18 at the time or something um, very talented run from Canberra um, for those who don't know and he got over the top of them in the last 30 meters and I just remember screaming Tawley, Tawley, Tawley. Now the issue with that race, the race was incredible but we ran in a, a stadium with 15,000 empty seats. So what we've done with the state champs is actually moved it to the warm-up track and it's found its basically natural home there for the moment um, at SOPAC before hopefully we can open up ES Marks and run a state championship there um, at the, the home of East Distance Rain, you'd yeah. say. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully one Sutherland in, in, in years to come. So um, I think that the, the atmosphere helps so much in building the the platform for you to race call on because you feed off who's around you and if people are excited and people are on the track and you can see them in lane four with you know cones just cones separating athletes mm. basically olympians from people who are just walking in seeing a qr code and they're in there for free um that's what's so good about the sport and that helps you call a race because you you, you feed off the atmosphere that's around you so yeah that that's that's one of my one of my favorite races um but every 800 meter race in New South Wales um, is just an absolute cracker. Mm. And um, I think that, I think it was the 800 meter state final, Ben Quinn last season got over the top and 
another photo finish, which we've seen 20 times before between the central performance track guys. Um, that's always a fabulous race. So I love calling Queen over last season too. There you go. And, and have you got a, uh, I mean, apart from that, obviously, have you got something you look up to in the commentary world? It sounds like a bit of Daryl East like that creeping in yeah. <laughs> is, there, is there someone else that you look up to then da, um, I, I think everyone looks up to Bruce yeah. I, I, I don't think you can you can look past the goat um, <laughs> there Steve Cram is a great caller as well mm. I, I love Steve calling Diamond Leagues and, and World Champs um, races and I think you know you, you can look up to people you, you probably you know you'll never be them uh, but it's the same that I look up to Elliot Kipchoge you'll never be Kipchoge so yes. you just you have your heroes um, but I think also the, at the end of the day you don't want to be someone you want to be yourself and develop your own style and I think that the reason why Matt and I work really well is because Matt is um, he does call races very well in particular distance races he's terrible at sprints but we won't get into that um, he's, a good, he's a good distance race caller whereas I like to think that um, I bring a little bit of enthusiasm so I'm a little bit all over the place but if, if I'm calling a race Hopefully, people feel like they're sitting next to me while I'm doing so. Okay. The, the colour guy. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, question coming from Mikey King Salomon Delgano. <laughs> yep. I, I wonder about cool. the challenges of making athletics more of a mainstream sport. How can it be best packaged for TV so that the sport can attract more awareness and sponsorship dollars? Awesome question. Now, I, this gets brought up a lot at work. Um, What we tried to do with the Miles meets last season is to do exactly that. So the Victoria Miles Club have been running for a dozen years under Tim Crosby um, and, and others. Um, and Lockie Rayner doing the, I think, did a lot of the live stream. He's now left Liberal Athletics Victoria, um, unfortunately. Um, but he, he, he did a brilliant job in, in building up the live stream capability there. And he's worked um, a lot with uh, Matt Whitbread and in tandem, they've sort of fed off each other to build up the live stream capabilities to where they are from a very grassroots level. Mm. Um, I think what people need to be aware of is when they look at an athletics Australia stream that there's tens of thousands of uh, tens of thousands of dollars behind every track classic. Mm. Um, we ANSW doesn't have that, so there's going to be a fundamental difference in the way in which the sport is broadcast depending on which level of athletics meet you're looking at. Mm. Uh, World Athletics has hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars put into their meets across the European season. So um, you you play you, you, you play with the cards that you dealt. Mm. Ben saying that I think what we're starting to create now is the the community around what we believe is probably the concept moving forwards and the reason why we've got that confidence is because it's working in Victoria. Now, what we need is someone who gives a damn about rain to say, okay, boys, you're doing a great job. Boys and girls, you're doing a great job. Um, I want to back you and this is how I'm going to do it and this is going to help you broadcast and commercialize your product by doing X, Y, and Z. Now, do we have to hold our fingers and hope for that? Uh, cross our fingers and hope for that? Hopefully not. Mm-hmm. Um, are we doing it at the moment? Kind of, yeah. Um, you just keep doing what you do, but try and do it better every season. Mm-hmm. And I think eventually someone's going to come along and see value in saying, yeah, I want my product to be associated with this mm-hmm. event or this series because it appeals to this many people. 
and um, I think that the reason why the bigger sports work is because they have more bums on seats. So if we can continue to grow these events in terms of participation, grow these terms, uh, these meets in terms of professionalism, and grow these meets in terms of the way in which we get the word out to the larger community, um, we're going to be a better position than where we were last season. Yeah, certainly. And I, I guess just on a like practical level, how much does it cost to put your live stream together for say the Bankstown meet? Um, Bankstown's got about forty thousand dollars worth of equipment. Yep. Now, that um, sometimes is a, is a grant mm-hmm. uh, and then sometimes is out of pocket. Okay. So it's not like ANSW nor any club in New South Wales is making tens of thousands of dollars to put into broadcast capability. It just it's it isn't. Yeah, it's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, a lot of the time it's volunteer-based, it's government grant-based, mm-hmm. um, and then every now and then it's out of pocket-based. So it's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's as grassroots as it comes. Mm. Um, ben saying that you can then appreciate, okay, well, the, 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 the people who are behind this probably care a little bit because oh. <laughs> they're putting out, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they're doing the best they can, again, with the, the cards they're dealt, but they really do care about promoting the sport. And mm. that's, you know, I, I'm paid staff, but... For every paid staff, there's 10 volunteers behind that paid staff making things possible. Mm-hmm. And that's for any athletics meet that we run, whether it's milers, whether it's high-velocity meets that run in Illawong, um, whether it's the New South Wales Open Championships where we've got 60 volunteer officials each day running the meet, mm-hmm. making that possible to be delivered. Uh, that's how our sport works. Yeah, yeah, okay. But you've, you've talked about um, trying to transfer... I guess the big increase in participation with the Run New South Wales events into some Athletics New South Wales participation, some of the track events and championships. How, how are you trying to leverage this spike in running participation? Well, I think it's about giving people a platform to enjoy themselves as much as they can. I think the way to do that is to deliver high quality mass participation events for a recreational runner. The reason why I think that is because that's what people are telling us through surveys mm-hmm. that's what people are telling me as mates that's what people are telling me through um various rain groups across new south wales not just from sydney mm-hmm. um but also it's because i experienced it the the why refers christmas day to see the surf because there's no bigger fun run on the planet i enjoy it the most because of it finishing a beach and then going for a beer or 10 afterwards um <laughs> and it's just a great day it's it's a day that i look forward to and i put in my calendar every year and we're never going to be sea to surf we're never going to be blackmores but i want people to look at events like sydney 10 sydney half and family 15 and say well that's an event i'm doing this year because i enjoyed myself really i i really enjoyed myself at that event mm-hmm. I, I made a mate at that event i ran a pb at that event i um really like the finishers medal at that event mm-hmm. and that's how not only you retain people that came and did your event last year but it's how you attract new people who come and do your event next year because they tell five minutes. They talk about it, of course. Where does Parkrun fit into this sort of, um, you know, growth and how do you, do you you guys in consultation with these people? Yeah, so Parkrun is, Parkrun is the entry. So if, if you're someone who is doing a catch to 5k program, you're probably going to hear about Parkrun before you're going to hear about Run New South Wales. Mm. Um, 
what we've done Parker in the past is basically say guys we're the next step we th- there is absolutely a place for parkrun parkrun is one of the best global health initiatives i could ever think of um it's the total equalizer with everyone going out there is no cutoff time you were never lost because there was a tail walker mm. it's incredibly community focused um they're partnering with health insurance companies like medibank it all makes sense mm. it's a health initiative we're just a running event initiative yeah, yeah. so we're the next step up um, we, we've got an event called the Anniversary 5K in six weeks' time, which is going to be, I'll probably talk about it a little bit, but it's going to be run um, here. Yep. And essentially, we're saying to Parkrun, look, we're not going to clash with you. We're going to put a couple of hours later. We're, we understand that we can never clash with you because you exist for this purpose, mm. and then we exist for this purpose. And our purposes are aligned, but they're different and um because we're doing the same thing we're just delivering it in a different way and we have slightly different um we have slightly different outcomes but also the same philosophy yeah it's getting people healthy active fit enjoying themselves making new friends running a pb if you want but also not caring about your time if you don't want either and just experiencing enjoyment yeah Uh, definitely on the same page there for sure What, what about uh the rise of the trail and ultra runner are you guys actively trying to engage with athletes in these other areas we have some amazing trail runners who um do our events it's the one thing that is very hard to accomplish when you're already doing track and field events run new south wales events cross-country events <laughs> and everything in between yeah. essentially every week of the year yeah. or most weekends of the year um what i will say is that cross-country is seen as a um an event type that you do in high school and you never do it again mm-hmm. and i think that what i was mentioning with parkrun being the entry level for the runner or walker or roller that's what cross country is to a mm-hmm. trail runner mm-hmm. so if you don't want to do uta 50 or uta 22 but you want to try your hand at off-road running cross country in my opinion is probably the place to start because i'm i'm i would never go to the blue mountains and run 50k now i probably won't do the 22 because i'm scared to break my ankle because i run track and on the road but would i do the narrow cross country this weekend for 10k as a as a starting point mm-hmm that's probably a little bit more feasible and achievable for me to do rather than trash myself in the mountains for eight hours. So that's what I'd love to position cross country as. To do that, you need to open it up to the community. You need to educate people. This is what we're trying to do with cross country. That's what Bathurst was going to be. Now, very low chance, unfortunately, Bathurst will go ahead because of COVID, of course, but um, that, that's, that's what they were going to try to achieve. But I think we could probably do that at the state level on a more local level on a more local level um sutherland's doing it already st george is doing it already these athletics clubs are doing it already but they're just not getting the numbers probably because they you know for one reason or another they probably can't handle a thousand people coming to their club cross country every week so that's where we can step in and say actually we can and we can partner with clubs to help drive some revenue back to the club Mm. to help them build up their capability to run their club cross country but at the same time we're opening up to a new market who 
might not want to do UTA 50 straight away, but want to try their hand on off-road running. That's sort of the strategy I would love to put in place for next year, mm -hmm. um, once hopefully COVID goes away. Yeah, it's an interesting positioning issue, isn't it? Because, I mean, there'd be plenty of people signing up to do Ultra Trail 22 who just wouldn't contemplate that cross-country was the same thing as what they're doing. I don't know if it just needs a name change or what. Possibly. It, it is different by nature. I'm sure the trail runners are listening to this, screaming out, cross-country is not trail. And, and they're right, because it, running in the mountains is not the same as running in the era. And, and Dapto and you know, it's North kind of the same. It, but it's kind of the same yeah. it's 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 off-road it's mm. hilly it's technical it's hard um, the cross-country lasts you know half an hour 40 minutes but it's mm. hard because mm. you're, you're racing mm. you're not you're not um, out there for eight hours 16 hours 24 hours having you, a you're, yeah <laughs> having a picnic <laughs> having a picnic at four checkpoints you know like <laughs> it's it's hot and it's brutal and you see olympians like benny saint ran 11:51 for a very hilly 4k mm -hmm. at north ride common and he's on the ground afterwards like mm -hmm. you've got a you know former 10k record holder on his knees after a cross country that's yeah. that's racing yeah, yeah, yeah. um so what what we did do is we we had we did open up the the cross country relays to um the community and we had about 10 10 or 12 uh non-member teams so some of the runs from the UCID run club the unsw run society the um uh who else there's a couple of other, oh Woodstock runners, you know some some Woodstock runners who were non-members of ANSW, they came and tried their hand and they absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we won't continue that and we would yeah again it, I think it's just hey we're here, yeah. um, we're not UTA but it's still fun and again it comes back to enjoying yourself with friends. Yeah, yeah. and and it's on most weekends of the year, so yeah, there's much more opportunity there. Look, I'm I'm just going to uh, quickly pause and we'll we'll shoot over to Sean from Ranulla to review my very first pair of carbon-plated shoes. We'll be back in a sec. Okay, we're here down at Ranulla. Again, mate, beautiful sunny winter's day out there. How are you, Sean? Fantastic, Paul. Good, yeah. good, mate. Here to chat about some shoes again. Been uh, introduced to my first carbon-plated shoe. It's very exciting. How are you feeling? Mate, I feel like a pro. <laughs> That's... Mate, they're, 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 they're amazing. Oh, it's sort of not got into a pair because I thought oh, I don't need these sorts of things it's not my cup of tea I run yep. on the trails mostly but they feel unbelievable so yeah the Metaspeed Sky no not Sky Edge Metaspeed Edge yes Tokyo edition yeah um, which is good what you said the Sky first because there has been a little bit of confusion with the both because looking on the shelf they are exactly the, they look exactly the same and people are going well what's what should i go what's the difference the yep. shoes are designed differently for different runners yep. and that's that's what so you're wearing the metaspeed edge yep. and it's the shoe is made for runners who gain speed by increasing both their cadence and stride length mm -hmm. okay so yep. metaspeed sky was brought out launched month bit bit over a month ago yep. metaspeed sky and it it has a much higher stack height okay. of 33.28. So 33 mil 28 yep. in the heel and 28 in the forefoot. So 5 mil drop there. 5 mil drop, yep. uh, 195 grams in weight, so mm -hmm. still pretty, pretty light. Incredibly and, light, far out. And basically both shoes have Flight Foam Blast, uh, which, ter, ter, Flight Foam Blast Turbo, which is 
ASIC's highest energy return foam they've ever launched. So really, really springy. Yeah. Um, as you probably found. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So every time you're hitting the ground, you're getting as much energy return as as, oh, as an ASIC shoe ever has. As ever has. Yeah. 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 So that Amazing. spring and that bounce, uh, extending that stride and and really uh, um, lifting lifting your cadence, full carbon plate, mm-hmm. um, in, enhancing that stability and propulsion. That stiffness uh, that's, across the that shoe. That stiffness across the shoe, giving you yep. that flex and then that kick. Uh, but the MetaSpeed Sky is basically made for that runner. Uh, who is quite consistent with their cadence and stride. Across different speeds? Uh, yeah. Okay. Basically throughout the race. Your so, metronome style runner. Yep. There's, that's I know a few I've, of them. Matt the yes. Wolfman North, I reckon, falls into that category. Yep. Doesn't look like he changes except the look on his face. That's so it, it. that midsole enhances upward spring and bounce. Yep. Uh, as opposed to your meta speed edge, which you have just yep. uh, been testing. Yep. It's got a lower stack height, so 29, 21, 29, 21, so quite a significant drop. Um, And basically, it's a a 8 mil drop, so a little bit higher in the heel drop. Um, And basically, that gives you that forward propulsion Hmm. rather than that bat bounce and increasing your cadence so ground contact is quick, Hmm. meaning you're flying. And that's what um, I felt like. I felt like I was pushing onto the toes, so using that rocker bottom sort of shape to the, yep. to the forefoot there. Um, it, yeah, yep. as, as you got quicker, it definitely felt like you were using the shoe as it was supposed to be used. Yeah, 190 grams, so it's five. It's you know five grams lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, upper is light, breathable mesh. Both of them have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, getting a lot of airflow through your feet, so keeping yep. your feet cool, not overheating. Mm-hmm. And nice grippy outer sole as well. They've both got exactly the same outer sole, so it's it is great traction in the wet, mm. uh, wet conditions if you are. And laces are an anti-slip. Yeah, okay. Race. Very good. I yeah, need that flat. So they're supposed to be not come not come undone. Okay. Well, so far so good. Hundred percent yeah. strike rate so far. Yeah. So that's <laughs> the difference between the two shoes when people are asking MetaSpeed Edge. Yeah. Uh, is made for that person who basically gets faster, yep. quick, quicker, and yep. Metaspeed Sky. Consistency. Consistency. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And, and so the different stack heights there, obviously the edge is legal for racing on the track, being under 30 mils. And yes. the, the the Sky would probably be more your, your road sort of running, yeah, yes. marathon style shoe, I yes. guess. So yeah, obviously not legal on the track for racing purposes. For racing purposes, yeah. Obviously training, no worries. But um, yeah, I guess that's probably where the ASICs are marketing the two different shoes as well. So I think so, your, yeah. Your track shoe versus your road racing shoe. Yeah. And they are absolutely a racing shoe. Like you feel like you're flying in these things. Felt like I was back in the old trampolining days, you know. Mate, brought a lot back of pop. memories. Yeah, yeah. Got a bit dizzy just thinking about it. Um, but, but no, I did, did a I did a tempo set on the road. I did a session on the path, and then a, a sort of a speed session on the track. And, and all three felt felt fantastic. And as I said, felt a lot better once you get up onto your toes and start moving, start rolling yeah. a little bit. It felt like you were getting a heap out of the the midsole foam, and the carbon plate was making a difference. Yeah. So feedback has been really, really positive. Yeah. Um, for both, uh, and everybody has come back saying 
they are running quicker, their PBs over time, they're knocking, it's something like two to three minutes off their, you know, 10Ks, 15Ks, so which is, yeah, right. which is a big difference. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Sounds like cheating to me. <laughs> no, no, no. Just technology. Technology. I'm talking to James Constantine at the moment, he's calling it technology, not super shoes. Ex- exactly. There you go. Yeah. So we're allowed to use it because it's technology. So Gold Coast yeah. Marathon. You'll see, you should see a lot of these shoes up there. Yeah, the good. PVs everywhere. And they look bloody sharp as well. They do too. Yeah. Yeah, the red sunrise. Ready, yeah. Bloody hell. They've got the Tokyo down the sides. Yep. They're getting ready for the Olympics. It's exciting. Only a month away now. It is. Yeah. yeah. I'm pumped. A couple of local, local legends, uh, a couple of ex-guys on the podcast will be doing some good things. Ollie Hall, Rowan Brown. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Can't wait. No. What What about uh, next on the agenda for you, mate? You are uh, back into the, the training habit or not quite there yet? You saw me up at base camp. Yeah. The mojo's back. We're ready. Mojo's back. I'm ready for something, whatever it is. <laughs> Nothing signed up for you? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Don't want to join us up at Rafferty's next weekend? 22K? Uh, well, yeah. Well, well, is, it is it sold out? No, nah, 90% sold okay. out. Okay. So we've got a discount code from uh, Running Matters. We've had a heap of people sign up from the right code. So, yeah, I'll mate, check it out. There's still space. I'll check it out. There's still yeah. time. I've been wanting to do that. <laughs> it looks like, like a good is. race. Yeah. Lots of cool trail, lots of coastal stuff. So, yeah. yeah, it'll be fun. I'm not sure I'm in the best nick, but we'll go have a go. A couple of Sydney brewery cans afterwards, potentially. You're not going to wear the Metaspeed Edge, are you? I'm not. I'm not. I'm a bit worried. <laughs> I'm not quite at the Matthew Pellow standard where I can wear carbon shoes on the trails. Fair enough. But uh, we'll get there, maybe. Yeah. Maybe later in the year. Canberra, Stromlo. We'll give them a crack. Look forward to hearing about it. <laughs> anyway, get on down to Ranulla and check out the range of ASICs, but particularly, yeah, the Metaspeed Edge and Sky. There's some amazing shoes. Um, and yeah, I'm quite happy to report that the carbon plate, you know, didn't cause me to fall over. I actually moved a bit faster. So yeah, it was Fantastic. spectacular. Yeah. Anyway. Good. Thanks for your time, mate. We'll catch no up problems. Soon. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Paul. Okay. Thanks, Sean. Great review, mate. Uh, I've got a listener question coming from Andrew Lloydy Lloyd. When are we going to see the return of sprint races down George Street? Brilliant question. It only ever happened once. So I asked Tarby about this in 1985, 86, oh, maybe 88, something like that. Um, Lloydy with 20 other blokes in coaxing once from memory. It's on YouTube somewhere. I found I've seen a photo of Lloydy out in front of this race. Yeah. So, yeah. Look, that, that sort of stuff you need New South Wales government to back. Yeah. So, um, guys, if you're listening, feel free. She does. To... She's a big fan of the show, actually. Flick, yeah. it, flick us a meal or two and we'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where can you replicate, you know, not quite as iconic as George Street, perhaps, but where, where else can you do a, you know, a big sprint race in the middle of something big? The Corso. Well, I think... Potentially. The, yeah, the... the just Absolutely. Tommy, Tommy well, I mean, Turbo. we'll get, we we'll get, yeah. Tommy Turbo will stay on the start line. We'll make it a fifty-minute race for him. Um, there, there, but there's things that have been done like this. Um, I, I probably haven't been around long enough to recall them personally, but people have been said, "Oh, we used to do a, you know, one-mile race or a four hundred-meter race of, at the SCG during the Test cricket at lunchtime." Um, there, I've seen uh, Gatorade and Powerade sprints with the um, NRL players who aren't in the grand final. Mm. Um, these these things can happen. It's just someone. So 
sort of knocking on the door. Probably at that national level, at something that size, it probably needs to be AA or someone like that, or again, a big, a, a big corporate backer. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what we can do, I mean, send your ideas through. Yeah, okay. um, I've got a group called the, the Distance Rain New South Wales Facebook group. There's 4,200 people in there. Mm. Sh- shoot some ideas across. I'm, yeah. I'm always open and, and like no no voice, no opinion, no question is off limits. Um, I might say we can't do it, mm. but that doesn't mean I'm not listening. Mm. So if, if people have these questions, talk to us. Have a crack. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you don't have to contact Athletics New South Wales. You can contact distance right in New South Wales it's, it's me mm-hmm. veiled as a group but th- say it through there that's that's why these groups exist and that, that's why I created it for, for questions exactly like that and, and for ideas mm. more importantly exactly like that and, and let's work together to see if we, we can make it happen yeah mate I think Lloyd would be pumped. I'm not sure he'd move too well down George Street these days. <laughs> the knees are a little bit shaky, that's I, for sure. I reckon Paul Arthur would be a big proponent of something like that as well. Paul's very vocal um, in, in a very good way on, on that group. And it's great because, again, guys and, 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 and girls like this, they, they can provide um, history and context as to what has happened. Because, again, we, we weren't all around running in 1988. I wasn't born in 1988. So... Um, talk to us and and we'll let's let's see what's feasible because if events like that are gonna be well received by the community we'll, we'll put them on if they're feasible mm, yeah, for sure but i got a question coming from justin Lowe. he wants to know how do we stop afl and the rugby codes from poaching our best running talent um the short answer is you can't um but that's not to say that we can't keep them in the sport of running. Mm-hmm. The great thing about running is that the Sydney Swans do a 3K time trial pre-season. They're actually doing a 3,000-meter race, one of the most successful sporting codes or sporting teams in Australia are actually doing our sport in pre-season every year. Why are we covering it? Well, I don't know. Um, that's probably my job now to be <laughs> to, yeah, to, yeah. To, to, to answer that question. People like to see that for sure. People like to see that. Um, the answer is you can't because they're bigger than us. And and some things you can fight, and some things you have to accept. But and, and the the opportunity in, in major sports is that people can make careers out of them. Um, there's half a dozen people in New South Wales making a career, if that, out of distance running. Um, what you need to do is stay relevant and stay in the forefront of those people's minds mm. so if you've got a very talented 16 year old who is winning you know all schools cross country um lo- loves her 5ks but wants to go play women's afl well that's fine she can go play women's afl you shouldn't stop her from doing that but at the same time just keep her running and keep her enjoying running that's 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 all you can do and, and don't get too heavy with the afl so you can still run a pretty sharp 5k the AFL players in particular are essentially distant runs with muscle. That's right. That's right. The best kind. The best kind. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is coming from Troy's brother, Brad. Sub-amateur runners all over the state want to know when we'll have an Olympic marathon trial race to replicate what they have in the USA. But the standard should be relaxed to allow 262 runners in the trials race. Is this possible? 262. <laughs> I love that. Um... Oh, great question. There, there was a, 
there was a event out in Penrith. Some people may have been following along with that. Was the AO Marathon trials essentially to try and get um, people on the plane to Tokyo for, for the marathon? Now, what? No, no one saw the result that was coming, which was um, two world records for Jared Clifford and Michael Roger. Um, just sensational athletes and sensational people. Um, so absolutely, was worth doing. And then we had. Um, oh my God, I'm going to be so annoyed at myself. I cannot remember the um, New Zealand female athlete who was there. Um, apologies um, to those saying who it is. Um, she was there. Mm-hmm. She was the only female in the field. And then we had about 20 other blokes there. Yeah. Either doing pacing jobs or running 225, 222. Delta, Delta numbers there, mate. Yeah. yeah. Lock- Lockie Oaks and, and Brendan Fink did very well. Yeah. Uh, I think Fink is a run crew anyway. We'll pass it over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Ben. Um, so, uh, what was I saying? Um, so, can we run US Marathon Olympic trial type events for 302 runners and quicker? Um, <laughs> 262. 262, sorry. I was a 268 runner actually before <laughs> Berlin. Um, people have to remember when you put on an event there's there's significant cost with putting on an event if you can say i can guarantee you a thousand people run sub three at this event absolutely we'll put it on tomorrow Mm -hmm. um but if there's 50 it's not going to fly because there's cost involved um what happened during covid was all these people started going out to western sydney or penrith regardless center themselves and doing these club trial trials which i thought was magnificent now is the course um verified no can you use it to qualify for boston no um, do you get a shiny finishes medal? No. But is it serving a purpose during COVID when nothing else is happening? Absolutely it is. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that collaboration at grassroots to put on, I'll, I'll say sub-elite type events, absolutely. If there's half a dozen groups that say, hey, James, we, we, we're thinking about doing a 262 and below marathon, where you reckon's a good course? Um, can you help us out with hiring a measuring wheel? Um, do you mind doing some social media on the day for us because we're all going to be running and doing other stuff? Mm-hmm. I'm never ever going to say no to that. Mm-hmm. And again, all people need to do is ask. When when they ask you these questions, just relay the same question to me because hey. there's usually oh yeah there we go well they, they, <laughs> that's exactly right. And, and platforms like this is is how these sorts of ideas come to me in the first place then i go away and uh, to work think about it talk to other people who will care about it mm. and then we can try and make something work there you go brad it's happening mate we're on mate, we're, we're coming to the end of the olympic qualification period for the aussie athletics team it's been fascinating to watch our athletes chasing very very sharp times who's impressed you the most in the lead up to these games that everyone <laughs> everyone has been impressive I Jess Hull and Stuart Miss Swain but from a New South Wales point of view Jess Hull brought such magnificent content overseas when we were essentially locked down and to break um, two of Benita Willis's national records it was just phenomenal to watch and again you're there like I remember when 
footy came back on TV in like yeah, late April, and people were like, oh my god, you know, the footy's how back. Good. Like, how, how good, good is this? And yeah. yeah, I can I can watch my beloved Sharkies again. Mm-hmm. Like, great. That was the feeling that I got when I saw Jess Hull on a start line. Not don't worry about the time, but on a start line at the Diamond Leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, but then for her to perform as well as she did and to break records for you know, arguably the, the greatest female distance runner we've ever produced. Mm. It was just incredibly inspiring and it was an absolute joy um, to to um, watch. Um, I flicked her a couple of notes. She is so humble and just so gracious in everything she does. Matt did a couple of interviews with her mm. after, um, after her races and people like this are the future of our sport getting into mainstream media. Um, you'll see it with Ron Branding when he ran sub-10 at Illawarra. You'll see it with Stuart McSwain when he runs the tan record. Well, he just missed it, but things like that. That, that That's that's how we go on to back page news. Yeah. Um, I have been incredibly impressed with Jai Edwards. I think that his comeback story has been sensational. I think the work ethic that him and Rory Hunter and the Team Telford guys and girls have shown in Canberra um, particularly when they're injured, you hear about the eight hours of cross training um, in the pool when it's minus two outside is just astonishing. Um, and then, and then the the three 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 and being mixed in the national final to literally step on a plane in Tokyo is the icing on the cake into the work that most people didn't see the 12, 18, 24 months prior. Okay. Um, Hull and Edwards for me are the two standouts. I think Blundell in the national 5,000 metre final at Sydney Track Classic was sensational. Um, to you know, like no one, no one thought she was going to win. She probably had the same odds as Edwards mm-hmm. in beating McSwain in that final, um, and she did. She won the national title. Um, she's lining up a couple of those times to try and book her Still place in Tokyo. That time, yeah. Still chasing that time. Hopefully yep. she gets it. Yep. Um, and yeah, and then like. You know, taking my distance hat off for for a second. Um, Nicola McDermott, first female jump, two metres in my jump yeah, ever for Australia. Um, just magnificent. It's it, a great number, isn't it? Uh, it's there's just these these wonderful performances, rounding range sub ten and ten oh five from the big qualifier. It it just it makes like it's when you run your PB at the World Major. It's like those moments in time that you'll remember forever. Um, working in the sport and you're like geez that's something I could probably tell my grandkids about like I saw a guy run sub 10 mm-hmm. in person and I called the race like yeah, that yeah. is something that you'll you'll take with you forever yeah that's spectacular and uh, what, what, what chances do you give Rowan of making that Olympic final mate making an Olympic final you have to be in the top 8 in the world if he was able to do it it would be one of the more astonishing feats of any sprinter outside of Cathy Freeman in Australian athletic history. Um, the thing about Rowan is I think he's 23. Mm. So he's going to be 27, oh, sorry, 26, uh, 27 in Paris. Um, does that mean he can't do it now? No. Mm. Is it going to be incredibly hard? Yes. Is he going to have to run a PB? Yes. Um, but the thing about Rowan is that you sometimes you talk to people and you see this supreme confidence, but also you see almost the drive in the eye. And Rowan's got that. I've only ever spoken to him once 
on camera and I think like for two minutes of my time that was at Illawarra and you just get this feeling around those sorts of people where you think you're going to be successful whether, whether you make an Olympic final or not you're going to be very successful in this career if you choose to stay with it yeah I agree mate he's got uh, the most quiet confidence you can imagine and he's a good shy boy and he's a patient guy me Allied Health Centre so Local roots. Fantastic. What more could you want for a homegrown hero? Exactly right, mate. (laughs) Exactly right. Um, Do you think we'll see the Olympic 5K, 10K and marathon records tumble this year because of the super shoe thing? I I prefer, say, technology rather than super shoes. Um, People said super suits Mm -hmm. in Beijing. Uh, that's because everything fell. Yeah. <laughs> so not every world record's going to fall, um, yeah. like it did in the swimming in, in, in Beijing. Um, I think it's it's very hard. It's a very contentious topic. I don't really know where to sit on it. What I will say is that the new shoe that Adidas put out, that's 50 mil stack height, should mm-hmm. never see a start line. Mm-hmm. Uh, that much I do know. And it won't. Really. And it won't because yeah. it's over 40 30. mil. I think 30 might be the uh, track. For, uh, Sorry, for um, marathons. Marathon. 40 mil. Yeah, so that's over uh, the next percent of 39.99 mil or whatever yeah. it is. So that's, yeah. that is the limit. Um, so... The shoes are one thing. The wave light technology, the pacing lights that you'll see around the track, that's one thing. Um, but you also can't take away that these are still the best athletes that we're watching in the world. So we can choose to look at the super shoes. We can mm-hmm. choose to call them super shoes. Yep. We can also choose to call it technology and our sport moving forwards, whether people like it or not. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, can we just appreciate that these are the best athletes in the world, if not history, doing the sport that we love to follow? Yeah. I think that that's sort of how I choose to look at it, and that's the way I consume it, and that's the way I report it. Um, because I feel that if we start to talk about too many things outside of what we're seeing in front of us, we take away what could otherwise be a really enjoyable sport to watch. That's right. and It's an incredible human performance regardless of the technology. Yep. And, and in five years' time, we'll look back on it. Everyone's wearing the same shoes. It won't make a lick of difference, you know, so. I was at, I was in Vienna for Ineos yep. um, after the Berlin Marathon. And of course, he was wearing, you know, he had the, 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 the pace triangle, the literally a convoy of eight cars. Like, I don't know if you saw that yeah, on the yeah, stream, yeah. but it was, it was just fin- just the way in which it was delivered, the amount of work that went into that event with, was astonishing. Um, not one point during that did I think that, oh, the shoes he's wearing is, uh, you know, they're, they're illegal. Oh, the pace triangle, the cars. The, you, you're there watching human physical endurance at its very very best and that's something that regardless of what he's wearing on his shoes Mm. regardless of who's in front of him that's something that you can enjoy because it's the same as watching um imagine if Karen McCann wore wore super shoes uh, with the other Kenyan athlete in 2006 Com Games you think we're going to be talking about Karen McCann's shoes no No, we're going to be talking about the most incredible finish in a marathon in Commonwealth Games history ever so that that's that's the mindset I have. Mm. Um, people obviously are entitled to their opinions on these sorts of things, but that's the way I choose to consume the sport. Are world records going to go down? Probably not. 
because no, there are Olympic records, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th I think the Olympic records will go down. Yeah, I don't think they'll be breaking world records at the Olympics. No, no one's running two hundred one for the marathon. No, um, I don't think we're going to have a Ayana breakout. I don't think Sifan Hassan is going to be that interested in breaking a world record over winning an Olympic gold medal. Um, I don't actually think Cheptegei's in quite the shape he was last year. Um, and I also hope that people aren't in world record shape because that means our eyes just have a slightly better chance. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's, there's a couple of caveats there for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of <coughs> records, Olympic or otherwise, so this is coming from Rob DeCostella. <laughs> oh, wow. So, Jeez. of the current crop of Aussie runners, who's going to be the one to finally <laughs> knock me off my marathon perch? <laughs> 207.52, dudes? That's it. That's it. Boston Marathon, it's... I think that the most amazing thing about Deke's record, and I'm actually quite honoured that Deke's asked some questions, but um, him and him and Mona's, uh, my, they, they were my my two first um, domestic heroes. Um, I was minus 11 when Deke's uh, won the Games Marathon in Brisbane in 82. Um, but you're watching YouTube, and it's it, it's like watching uh, it's like watching Michael Jordan. It's a great race. Um, videos on youtube like you, you'll never you're never gonna see it in real life you'll never watch it in real time but that doesn't t like that doesn't take away anything from what you're watching in front of you in terms of like how good those two were <laughs> who do i see knocking off 207.52 in the foreseeable future it would have to take it's robinson um will go very close in his career um, wearing 39.99mm shoes <laughs> I think the thing about the 208 guys at the moment is that you're no longer that good on a world level if you're in 208 mm -hmm. and that's unfortunately a position our male marathoners are going to be in for a while they're always going to be competing for 20th mm -hmm. in, in, in the Olympics you know maybe top 10 in a, in a world major um, whereas Deeks was winning mm. um, Mona's won the Berlin Marathon can you imagine an Australian winning the Berlin Marathon no you can't because it's never going to happen again no. so they're, they're, they're in a different era but also there were different athletes competing at a different level to where all our marathoners are at the moment now that is with all respect to Robinson Rainer and Adams um, I think our ladies we had Sinead at the front of the London Marathon in 2019 for um, the best but 15-20k I thought and I, I was staggered and incredibly proud to have an Australian at the front of a world major and I think she ended up um, finishing 7th or 8th in that race and I thought that was a phenomenal performance um, but we're, we're, we're not at a level of winning a world major that's, that's winning I didn't ask the time question um, Robinson is the half marathon national record holder he's the only Australian ever to break 60 so he's got the capability he needs to stitch it together he also needs to race smartly I think Robbo is supreme confidence absolutely he's, he's, he's an incredible runner he's been there done it but he needs to stitch together the perfect race mm. to go anywhere near Dix's record. Yeah, yeah. What, what do they say though? Half marathon times two plus seven minutes. Not when you, not when you're at this level. <laughs> and, and 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 that's. But I think that's Robinson's the perfect example of that. 
it, it is a different race because he, he's a 59 minute half marathon guy you'd pencil him in for a 207 easily yeah. if you're a Kenyan mm. but he's not mm. He, he's he's not putting together the race to allow him to do that. London 2020 was really tough because the ladies went out first, and we did the um, we did the the collab with with Inside Rain podcast. And I, I yeah, I was talking about rain for six hours. I was in heaven, um, but <laughs> that that to me was a race where Robinson could run 2:10 and walked away a very happy man, knowing that he finished very high up the field, but he went out for it and he's suffered and he's done it before I feel like he might do it again but I think there will come a time where hopefully he rolls into Berlin in a couple of years time and goes right today I'm running 64 63 40 mm. and he does it because yeah. that that's that that's what it has to be that oh it's exciting just to talk about that unreal all right so Robinson I think it's going to be McSwain when he gets a little bit older we'll see time think, think, think about the um you don't think Paddy would be a a better chance? Yeah. Well, probably yeah earlier. Because the marathon is we'll see. <laughs> different caliber fish. We'll see. <laughs> Mate, I, I recently spoke to Duke about the need to create superstars in athletics and running in order to push the sport forward. So the performances seem to be there you know like we're breaking records and how do we leverage those performances into broader public notoriety um i think it starts with aa and then it filters down to the ma's so we're the governing body of athletics in new south wales athletics australia is the governing body of athletics in the country if anyone's going to do it it's going to be the governing bodies because it's our job we're actually paid to do that um, so when we say, well, why is athletics not being broadcast? Well, we can we can make up excuses, but at the end of the day, we're the ones responsible. So we've, we've got to do a better job. Um, now, it's hard because we're a small sport, but there's other small sports that have done it better. Women's AFL didn't exist 10 years ago. a strategy at the national level and filtering it down to the MAs to say this is how we're going to try and get our sport better, better better coverage and we give it a crack and we tell the people hey we're giving it a crack we tell our members we tell them the broader running community um, we, 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 we get our you know corporate backers for Milo's style meets we do what we can realistic about what we can achieve year on year once you start the momentum if you've got passionate people and the right people in the right roles you're going to achieve good things and we need to start with the outstanding performances that we're going to see from our distance runners in Tokyo mm, mate certainly uh, passionate and the right people I think you're in the right place here mate um, this is coming from Jordan Anderson in, in your opinion, what are the biggest contributors over the past few years to the unprecedented depth in elite middle distance running coming out of, coming out of New South Wales at the moment? Biggest contributors? Um, it's a good question. I think COVID had a lot to do with it. I think everyone's base over COVID. Um, well, firstly, COVID gave everyone a break. 
break, I think we hear a lot about overtraining, uh, particularly in juniors. That's no secret at all. Um, COVID meant that no one was training for any races. It meant that people can actually enjoy running if they're an elite athlete because there was nothing in the cards in the near future. Once people started to do that, no one really got injured except for me because um, <laughs> I was trained too hard. <laughs> um, and and the, and the pressure valve was was off. So all of a sudden, you have a few events, you know, little events starting to pop up everywhere, and people are annihilating PBs. And everyone's like, "What is going on? We haven't had races." Well, I think that was the key. It's because we didn't have races twelve months of the year. Yeah. Now we're a twelve-month sport, so please keep coming to our events. Uh, but <laughs> but. Runs near break every now and then. Radisha famously took two months off, just two months off. He's going to be the world record holder again through another Olympics. Um, there was a reason why he was so good. Now, he was an 800 meter runner. Marathon runs are a little bit different. But again, they take time off. And it's important to take time off, but then also enjoy the easy runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something I do terribly. But it's something that I think we're seeing more of at the elite level. And I remember the Inside Running podcast, guys, I think it was about maybe a year or two ago before Stewie really, really broke through. And they were asking him about like the splits that he was running in training and he was barely going under 250s in training. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the time he was at an aerobic level, even doing um, you know intervals. So... Not smashing yourself, choose your races wisely, but at the end of the day, athletes enjoying themselves. Mm. Um, and there's a reason why every post Jess Hull puts up on Instagram is her smiling because she's loving life and she's loving her sport. She's not putting up photos of herself in vomiting, after vomiting because she's not. No. No, mate, it's, it's perfect, it's perfect. And hopefully collectively, We've learned something about our loading issues and our, you know, over racing, etc., etc. Records have been broken, you know, without that intensity. So, yeah, it's it's perfect. Dix wouldn't agree with that. He was doing 250k weeks, wasn't he? He was. He was. <laughs> so, and and that's a di that's a different training methodology, though, as yeah. well. It worked for him because he was an absolute. Um, he was an absolute workhorse, he was an absolute gun, and Monas and him, again, were from a different time, and it worked for them. But it doesn't work for everyone. Not everyone is gonna run well off 250K weeks. Very few people run well off 250K weeks. Stewie's on about 160, mm. I think. Mm. So. Yeah, that's right. And I guess they were doing a lot of easy running, though, you know, yeah. within that space. Anyway. Yeah, that, that's for another podcast. So, some of the higher coaching accreditation than me. Can yeah, that's that right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get Jordan Anderson back mm. on. And he can talk about it. I think he's a level three, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's right, <laughs> mate. Uh, final listener questions coming from Keith Buzz Hong. Oh, legend, absolutely. So, when you retire in fifty years' time, would you rather be remembered 50. as a really good athlete? Or a person who contributed a lot to the sport? Oh, excellent question. He knows the answer to this already. Uh, what I will say is I'm 78 in 50 years' time. So, Buzz, hopefully you're out by 10 years, um, at least. Depends uh, who's in government, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Oh, what's the GDP going to be like in 50 years? Um, 
No, certainly a contributor because, like, you you can only do so much as a runner, and our sport needs people on start lines. Our sport needs people um, uh, consuming the products. Our, our, our business needs people consuming the products that we're giving them and hopefully enjoying them and coming back and purchasing our product again. It Running is, is a pastime and it's also a business. Um, I want to make sure that I blur the two as much as I possibly can. I think that's probably the best way of putting it because there's no greater joy than getting out into the fresh air and exercising and I think that's that's I love my team sports I always love my team sports but what's attracted me to running the most is the friendships I made along the way but also just literally getting out for your physical health your mental health and your social well-being and moving I think that's the greatest gift of running that's certainly the what I've enjoyed the most um, and to get as many people out of those 1.3 million in New South Wales at the moment understanding that and getting them doing that as well that's a far greater impact than I could ever have in running around circles yeah mate of course of course you would of course like to go into 16 minutes for 5k though that's a long way off at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, I end with, hopefully that I end with a fifteen, but you know I got a little bit of time. But you got plenty of time, mate. We'll see, time. see how we go. And so, if our, our listeners want to jump on and see what you guys are doing as far as athletics in South Wales and running in South Wales are concerned, where's the best place to look? There's a few. Um, what I do suggest, as in in terms of anyone who doesn't really. Um, I guess engage with Run New South Wales and Athletics New South Wales at the moment um, look up distance running in NSW New South Wales on Facebook I'll accept you to the group it's basically a private group but but there's also tons of people in it and I try and put up decent content as much as I possibly can outside of my 9 to 5 so it's a great place for sort of baseline information but then outside of that we've got the Run New South Wales series at the moment um, our next event is going to be the anniversary 5k um, basically, it's essentially you're in the living room, you run a lap of the track, you actually go down the Olympic Athlete Tunnel, which is currently the New South Wales Rugby Link Centre of Excellence, just over my shoulder. Um, you'll go down the tunnel and out onto the pitch of Stadium. So it's it's a really cool event. Um, it'll finish right here in Cathy Freeman Park. There's going to be a Tokyo um, Olympic live site right here with wow. the Olympics on live streaming on the big TV. Mm. Um, there's going to be activations everywhere. It's one of two official sites in New South Wales, the second being Darling Harbour, except our one has a 5K fun run attached to it, so we're the better one. Cool. Um, so that that's on July 31. Um, It's a steal because the state of Australia costs a bomb to actually hire, so please come <laughs> cover <laughs> our costs. <laughs> um, and then the Sydney Half August 29 is, is a cracker, so that's um, three by 7k laps around Olympic Park, super flat, super fast. Um, we had 1500 a couple of years ago, I'd love to get two and a half thousand this time around, and then again, sort of 
like Sydney 10, make it one of those marquee half marathons events in, in New South Wales. That's the idea. Um, I think ultimately, if if people just want to add me on Facebook and chat running, like I'm, I'm probably one of the more open people in terms of the athletics administrative administrative world who is actually just happy to chat running at any time because I'm usually doing it with someone else instead of whoever is supposed to be messaging me. So please just talk to me. Yeah. I, I, I can't overstate enough how much people I feel like haven't have been disconnected or disjointed from Athletics in New South Wales because there's this, this elitist mindset. There's this, um, oh, it's for state championships. Oh, I see Jess Hull posting on ANSW or, or being reposted. So therefore, it's only for the Jess Hulls of the world. It's not. Yeah. Um, and in particular, our Run New South Wales recreational rain brand, it's, it's literally for everyone because we have people doing the Sydney 10 at hour 40. They're walking 10 minute Ks. Um, and they're, they're not last because they're with their family mm. so it, it it we are for like we're the governing body of athletics but that is running in the state yeah that's who we are yeah 1.3 million of them there you go that's it time to engage guys jump on and have a look well mate mate thank you for uh you know sharing a conversation and having a beer today it's been unreal I, I, I've, I've learnt plenty actually so yeah really appreciate it and uh, hopefully people jump on our listeners can get on and, and get get on the, the, the 5k anniversary run in a few weeks time run, New, run New South Wales, I'll come to you excellent that's it thanks mate thanks, see mate. you soon